Now, it's time to get an education from the true professor of college football. Touchdown! Boom! It's time for college knowledge. Here is Mike Huguenin. We usually talk to Mike Huguenin on Mondays, but there's big news breaking in college football. Actually, it's been an ongoing story. Mike Huguenin is the national executive editor of the awesome college football website On3.com. Uh, On3.com has been all over this Jaden uh, Rashada story at the University of Florida. In fact, you guys reported several days ago that he had asked for his release from the University of Florida. He signed the scholarship, Mike, on December 21st. Uh, I'm sorry, December whatever Whatever day it was. Yeah, December 21st, which is early signing day. Then there was an NIL deal that apparently went bad, and now he has officially asked for his release from UF. Mike, who's to blame here? Um, no, I think the Florida Collective. Um, it, it's, a, it's a horrendous look for Florida and, by extension, Napier. Um you got to rebuild your roster via talent acquisition. And you have to be extremely naive these days not to understand that part of talent acquisition is NIL deals. So, um, obviously, Napier's not involved in the nitty-gritty with the NIL deal-making, but it still reflects on him and his program. Um, my presumption is there's going to be a lot of questions asked on the recruiting trail of, of, of Florida coaches and Florida personnel about their NIL program. Um, Rashada, it depends on who you ask. For instance, on three, I don't think he's even a top ten national quarterback for us. For mm-hmm. other sites, he was. He's a talented kid from the San Francisco Bay Area. But some of the figures that have been thrown out there um, seem less than likely. I can't imagine anybody signing a $13 million deal with a kid who's still in high school. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to take Billy Napier and his staff. Um, they're going to spend a lot of time asking, being asked questions about their NIL deals. Mike, a lot of Gator fans, you know, and fans are fans. They're, you know, they're, they're calling Jaden Rashad a greedy, egotistical. I, I, I'm defending the kid here. The rules are the rules, and kids are allowed to sign with the highest bidder these days. That's correct. What? Exactly. And you know, it, it's, I think the fans who are most bothered by NIL and the transfer portal. Uh, are of a certain age. You know, it didn't used to be this way. Well, no, and I grew up watching black and white TV. Um, the game has morphed. <laughs> and if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at the NCAA. Um, I've written a couple times, I think I've said on your show once or twice, we could be into the second decade of NIL if the NCAA was a proactive organization. But instead, they kicked the can down the road and now, for God's sake, they're asking for help from Congress. Can you imagine being a academician and saying with a straight face, only Congress can save us? Well, if that's the case, <laughs> the NCAA may as well have been blown up. 
I also think, Mike, and I've written this a couple of times, what a scam it is for college football programs to ask their fans and boosters to pay the players. I just think that's laughable. Yeah, and it's – we had an NIL writer, um, Eric Prisbo, who uh, went to Sports Business Journal, but he was writing stuff in the fall of 2021 talking to people in the both athletic administration and in the NIL space. Um including guys who basically are lobbyists, saying that the way the NCA has handled this means there's a good chance that student-athletes become employees and are paid by the schools. Um, I, don't think it, I don't think a lot of folks want that, but I think, again, the NCA has sort of abdicated its responsibility. Um, and, and, you know, if that happens, you know, you collective bargain, you get a salary, you can be fired, all that kind of stuff. Again, I don't know if that's for sure going to happen, but there are people out there um, who, who think it very easily could happen. And you're right, it's, it's interesting that fans of any school bemoan the idea, oh, my God, we're paying this kid a million dollars when coaches are paid $8 million, when coordinators are paid $2 million, when football offices cost $80 million. It's, yeah, take a step back and think about it for a second. The folks actually doing the work, the players, yeah, they're finally getting compensated, and, you know, if some of the deals are outlandish, so be it. Mike, I'm curious. Um, you mentioned Billy Napier earlier. I, I wrote a column last week and said, listen, I, the, Billy Napier doesn't deserve all the blame here. This is the Gator Collective that negotiated this deal and didn't have the money to pay the deal as it was written. At least that's what much of the reporting says, all right? But Billy Napier, um, he is supposed to be Mr. Organization. He is supposed to be the guy who pays meticulous attention to detail. He's the guy that has all of these staff members that he was allowed to have, quality control assistance to monitor every aspect of the program. It's hard for me to believe that Billy Napier was completely out of the loop here. I, I think he. I think a lot of coaches are out of the loops when it comes to actual financial figures. Um, I think that the, the general idea of NIL is to reward players who have been on campus. Um, that obviously has been run roughshod over. Um, but I, I don't think Napier was being, or any coach, frankly, you know, Josh Heupel at Tennessee, the, the, the Iva Leva kid signed a big NIL deal. I don't think anybody from the collectives was going to the coach and saying, okay, we're going to offer this. What do you think? That's, that's not happening. Um, you know, you and I are of a certain age. We remember rogue boosters. Um, well, rogue boosters are still out there. It's just in a different manner now. And instead of, you know, what, you know, heck, Florida at one point supposedly what put stakes on a kid's front doorstep um, back in 79 or 80, I think now it's instead of doing that kind of stuff, you know, handing a bag full of cash to a player. You're signing a contract with a player, and I think some of this stuff, rogue boosters are still involved, and I think that's part of the issue with the NCA. Um, it, it's unchecked because the NCA kicked the can down the road for so long. We have a, a lawyer who comes on our show every week, and he said if there uh, if there is a written contract between the Gator Collective and Jaden Rashada, 
there, Jaden Rashada may be able to take some sort of legal action to get his money. Yeah, and there's, there's supposedly trigger clauses in a lot of these. Unfortunately, I know more about NIL than I ever wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, once you get on campus, once you enroll for class, X happens. Um, so potentially there was a trigger clause in, in the contract written, and maybe they don't owe him anything. But, if, again, if nothing else, it's a horrendous look for Florida recruiting. There's going to be a lot of questions asked, Napier and his staff, about the NIL program of Florida. So far, no one has said anything, and they they have a really nice group of incoming freshmen, and none of them have said a word about NIL. Um, they got the kids, 2024, the five-star quarterback, D.J. Lagway, who has said nothing about NIL. So maybe some of the situations already have been handled, but it is, a, that's nothing else, you know, perception can become reality and the perception is Florida messed this up big time, how are they going to fix it obviously they couldn't fix it with Rashada presumably though that this will not happen again, if you're a Florida fan or a Florida coach you certainly hope that Do we know where Jaden Rashada could uh, could end up and also uh, Miami quarterback Jake Garcia announced yesterday he's entering the portal where could he end up? Yeah, Jake Garcia, I think, is a perfect example of a guy who was vastly overrated out of high school. Um, he did not play well in his starts this year. Um, now, the Miami offense was a dysfunctional mess, so th- that's the baseline here. But I would still argue that of the three quarterbacks they played, he was probably the worst one. Um, his accuracy was not consistent. Uh, I think he got a little gunshot in the pocket um, because the offensive line was a, was a sieve. Um, I think Garcia's stock has fallen a long way. Rashada is vastly more interesting. Most of the schools um, that he'd be interested in have quarterbacks for in their 2023 class. Um, and obviously there's only, I believe, there's a handful of Pac-12 schools that are on the quarter system, um, and you can, which means their classes start, I believe, in late March or early April. So potentially Rashada could go to one of those places uh, if a school wants him. Uh, I do know that Arizona State, not that they're going to recruit Rashada, but their quarterback situation is not very good. Um, Drew Pine, the Notre Dame transfer, is probably their starter going into the season. Um, and their coach is Kenny Dillingham, who was at FSU and then Oregon, did great work with Jordan Travis and then Bo Nix. So Arizona State, but again, Arizona State's NIL group is not very well organized. Mm. Neither is Florida's, as it seems. All right, um, real quick, what do you make of this troubling story? Uh, Michigan's co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss has been placed on leave, according to the athletic department, after what is being reported is... um, Police investigating a report of computer access crimes at the Michigan football offices. Yeah, one thing I read said that a or hinted that a program was stripped off the computer. Um, I, and so I don't I, I don't know enough details, but that's I know Weiss has talked to the media um, and says you know I'm I'm cooperating all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's that's something to. Something to watch. You would, you know, if you're a Michigan fan, you're like, ooh, thank goodness, everything's over here. Harbaugh is staying. He's announced it. Now we can smoothly move 
into spring ball, and then the next day this happens. So, mm. um, yeah, that's that's. There's not a lot of news out about that one yet. That's for sure. Uh, last one, Mike. Uh, I was at the Orlando Touchdown Club the other day, and Tony Barnhart, Mister College Football, as he's known, uh, he was asked this question. I want to ask you the same question. Next season, who who's set up better to replace their quarterback, Georgia or Alabama? Georgia. Have you looked at Georgia's schedule? Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's it's soft, softer than them. Tennessee on on November eighteenth. Their toughest non-conference game. Georgia Tech. Mm. Um, We're old men. We could play quarterback for Georgia the first half of the season. Um, I am a little bit surprised they didn't try to go out and get somebody in the portal, but maybe this is they're confident in the three guys they have. One of them is Carson Beck, who's a Jacksonville kid. Um, And if you're a Florida fan or an FSU fan or a Miami fan, you're like, my God, that Jacksonville kid helped Alabama have a great season. Please don't let that happen in Georgia as well. Uh, but I think Georgia is is better set up strictly because the schedule um, allows whoever the new quarterback is to yeah not be tested, frankly, very much at all until October. I mean, it's a mm. breeze of a schedule. Wow. Mike Huguenin, check out all of his coverage of college football and all the writers at On3.com. That's On3.com. Thank you, Mike. All right, man. Appreciate it. Straight ahead, Mark Daniels and the bridge is coming your way.